Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning and happy 4th of July. Sean Myers coming to you here with the Fan Early Morning Show. Right here on Sports Radio 93.7, the fan taking you for the next 40 minutes or so before Chris Smaller will take you through 10 o'clock. Chris filling in today for the normal morning show, guys. Excited to hear from him and get his perspectives early here on this Independence Day. But as I said, I have the next 40 minutes and have a myriad of topics that I want to get to. And a little bit later, we want to talk about... The Penn State Nittany Lions and their opportunity this year to potentially make the college football playoffs expectations sky high under James Franklin coming off of a big season. Maybe an opportunity to finally break through. Conversely, with that comes expectations. And if they did not ultimately take that next step forward, what it could mean for the program and maybe taking a major step back in 2023. Also, a little bit later on, I want to get to a somewhat dubious day in Pirates history, a day that I will always remember, and it seems like the vast majority of Pirates fans of a certain age will have some nightmare memories of as well. But I want to begin this morning talking about a situation that's happening quite a bit in the NBA, but it's not just specific to the NBA. I think it is something that applies to professional sports here in general across North America. And recently, word has come out that Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers, one of the very best players that the NBA has to offer, is seemingly done playing in Portland. He has had a terrific run with the Blazers, and he has been a guy who has been really a beacon of loyalty. Came up about 10 years ago with Portland, somewhat of an obscure pick out of college and what he has done is become maybe the best player. I think you could argue he is the best player in franchise history. He has had great individual success. There's been some seasons of team success, but by and large, it's kind of been disappointment. And rarely has that been attributed to Lillard himself. He has been outstanding, but just has not had a supporting cast around him. They've tried different guys. CJ McCollum was probably the best player that he's played with. He was traded away a couple of years ago. And so what it has led to ultimately is that Lillard has now decided that he has done all that he can in Portland. It is time for him to move on. And so that's not really the issue. I think a trade request is perfectly acceptable, but it now seems like it's more than a request. It's basically a demand 
and he wants to set his destination, he seems determined to join the Miami Heat, which, by the way, the Heat just made the NBA championship. Yes, they lost, but it was a terrific season, really a terrific postseason for Miami and for Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler and all that crew. So Lillard now has indicated pretty uh, openly that he wants to go to Miami. And so the issue with this is that he is not the first player in the NBA who has tried to basically set his destination. He's doing that with several years left on his contract. He signed multiple extensions to stay in Portland and was really every single step of the way credited for being loyal to his team because that's kind of a a thing of a bygone era now in the NBA and professional sports as a whole. Seems like if guys don't have major team success in their first or certainly their second contract, then they are looking to get out. He had that option, decided to re-sign with Portland a handful of years ago. And so his current contract takes him not only this season, but through next season as well. When I say this season, I mean the upcoming season. So he's got two more years where he is under contract. But then what he did last year, last July, actually, so just about a year ago, he signed an absolutely massive two-year extension that takes him all the way through the 26-27 season in Portland. $59 million for the 25-26 season. And somehow it gets even bigger for his final year under contract in Portland, $63 million. And so no one can blame him for signing that contract just based on the money alone. The NBA, unlike some other sports, it's really set up to incentivize guys for staying with their current team or their original team in this case because Lillard has only been a blazer. The problem with this is he had the opportunity a handful of years ago if he wasn't happy in Portland and he wanted to go elsewhere. He could have elected not to re-sign, not to extend his deal, hit free agency, and then certainly it is his right, and I think everyone would agree, at that point you go wherever you want. He did not go that route. He decided to stay in Portland, showing his loyalty, the belief in the team that they would do the right thing. And so you could say that the Blazers and their front office let him down by not pairing him with another superstar or not putting the right pieces around him, not spending enough money elsewhere. Obviously, they were more than willing to spend the maximum amount of dollars on Lillard himself, as I just said, with that insane extension that he got. But that's the NBA. You have top 10 players. You pay them as much as you possibly can. There is a maximum, unlike Major League Baseball, where you could pay guys, and we've heard Otani maybe getting $600-plus when he finally gets an opportunity to become a free agent. Well, Lillard, he, he got as much money as possible to stay in Portland knowing that the team had struggled the entire time that he had been there. I don't think that they've even made it close to a conference finals. Of course, you think back to that incredible shot he hit over Paul George a handful of years ago in the playoffs. That's probably the pinnacle of his run in Portland. But so really, it's now coming down to me as request versus demand, and then more specifically, choosing exactly where he wants to go. And Portland does not have to specifically honor that. Most people think, you know what? Damian Lillard has done so much for that organization, that franchise, that they should kind of acquiesce to his demands, which is, I want to go to Miami. I want to play with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. So just do that. The problem is, if you're a fan of the Portland Trailblazers, you are really not getting anywhere close to a maximum return if you only have one team to negotiate with, and that team being the Heat has all the leverage. So let's say that Portland does trade him to Miami. The problem with that is they're not getting Jimmy Butler back. They're not getting Bam Adebayo back. 
they are going to get really just a, a secondary return. Miami does not have probably any elite draft picks in the foreseeable future because you expect they're already good now. If they add Lillard, they're going to likely be even better. They will be a legitimate championship contender. So those draft picks will be in the high 20s, if not maybe even 30. And beyond that, young players that have contracts that Portland would want, well, everyone says Tyler Hero. He's a good player, but he's nowhere close to anywhere in the same universe as Dame Lillard, so you cannot get equal value back. Now, there's other trade partners that could probably offer a terrific package for Lillard. They might be interested in acquiring him. Portland might be interested in those assets instead. But with Lillard saying, I only want to go to one place, it's really, I think, a situation that we've seen every now and then in sports, and it's more prevalent in the NBA. It's not good for Blazers fans. It's not good for the sport in general because then it's basically players choose where they go even when they've already signed contracts. Obviously, players can choose where they go when they're free agents, but it seems like they do it in the NBA even when they have multiple years remaining. And I think back to a couple of years ago when James Harden was with the Houston Rockets, and obviously he did not want to play for Houston. He made it pretty clear he wanted out, and he ultimately, I think, pretty much determined he wanted to go to the Brooklyn Nets. He joined Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It kind of blew up, but I mean that's happened more times than not, it feels like, in the NBA when players went out. We've seen it happen with his former teammate, Kyrie Irving. He demanded out. He went to the Dallas Mavericks. They missed the playoffs. They kind of had a disastrous run after Kyrie arrived. Kevin Durant, who was also in Brooklyn, decided he wanted out. He wanted to go to the Suns, forming a super team. They didn't really get as far as many people anticipated in the playoffs. But uh, to me, the bigger issue is when a player can dictate almost exactly where he wants to go. And the team that he decided to re-sign with then has really no other alternative other than, okay, we'll keep Lillard, but is he going to play at all if we don't trade him this offseason? Will he play with a half-hearted effort like we saw James Harden do in Houston? And remember, all the talk then was that Harden was in terrible shape. He was overweight. They finally traded him. It seemed like almost overnight he was back to the old James Harden. He looked thinner. He looked more uh, active and spry on the floor. And so, really, we talk about teams tanking and how that was a big story with the Dallas Mavericks. They try to crack down on that in the NBA and every sport. But... It's almost like players potentially can tank if they don't get what they want. And so I don't know if Lillard would play with Portland. I think that he's shown enough character that he probably would still play if they're not able to to meet his trade demands this offseason. But it's a situation now. I think he can point and say, I gave you multiple years to surround me with good players and to build a championship team. You failed to do that. And they made a decision a couple weeks ago in the NBA draft. They had the third overall pick. So they could get a foundational piece and kind of start from scratch and look towards the future. Or they could trade that pick and try to get a, a all-star player to win now. They decided to make that pick, took Scoot Henderson, who I think most people think will be a terrific player. But I'm not sure that he's going to be a ton of help for Dame Lillard this season, maybe not even next season in terms of making a real run. So instead of trading that pick, they kept it. Maybe they could have gotten a player like Bradley Beal, who was ultimately then traded. Maybe James Harden, although quite frankly, I don't think with either Beal or Harden, along with Dame Lillard, they become a a very serious threat to contend for a title. So he ultimately decided to make that pick. I think that more or less sealed the fate that Lillard would be moving on. 
But now, again, he is calling his own shot. And to me, that's a problem, not just in the NBA. Let me kind of give equivalent. And I know that the NBA contracts are not really similar to the NFL contracts. Obviously, the NBA are guaranteed, NFL or not. But if you're a Steelers fan, you love T.J. Watt and everything that he has done throughout his career. And the Steelers rewarded his great play with an absolutely monster contract that still has multiple years left to it. Watt, however, much like Lillard, has not really seen a ton of team success. We talk about the Steelers and their playoff droughts, and obviously they've made the playoffs, but they've not gotten deep. They've not won a playoff game in quite a while. So if T.J. Watt decided, let's say, for instance, this offseason, that he would go in and say, I want to trade. I want out of Pittsburgh. There's not been the team success. I deserve to go to a contender. I've been loyal here. Even though I have a contract for many more years, I want to go to a team that's going to contend now for a Super Bowl. And then he specifically calls his destination. Now, let's say it's not a rival. Obviously, Portland and Miami are in separate conferences. They're almost entirely across the country. But if Watt were to come in and say, I want to go to the San Francisco 49ers, which is a Super Bowl contender in the NFC, that really would not be fair for the Steelers. They would not get anywhere close to fair return. Because at that point, if he calls his shot, the 49ers, okay, well, a superstar player has fallen into their lap they can pretty much lowball the Steelers. So if they say, yeah, we'll give you a third-round pick and Trey Lance in return for T.J. Watt, would Steelers fans be happy? Absolutely not. You love T.J. Watt. Maybe you're even okay with seeing him have a chance to make a Super Bowl run, but I don't think you want to see that quite yet. You want him to stay in your uniform for the next couple of years, maybe if he gets to a certain point and it's clear they're not going to contend. But still, you want to get the best return for him because – it sets up your team for future success. If you're a fan of the Blazers, you're probably in a bind right now. You love Lillard. You might want to see him have a chance at a ring elsewhere, but you don't want it to completely cripple your franchise for the next decade or so because you gave up a generational cornerstone player to get the absolute minimum in return. And so ultimately, I don't know that there is a solution, but the more that teams and general managers acquiesce to players' demands, specifically to a specific destination. I think the worse it makes it for fan bases and the worse it makes it for sports as a whole. No easy solution, certainly. I think that this is going to continue to happen more and more. It's happening in the NBA. It's going to happen in every professional sport. We just heard John Gibson apparently no longer wants to play for Anaheim. It's not really a request in that case. It seems pretty significant. Uh, of a demand for him that he's basically saying, I want out of Anaheim. I don't know that he's necessarily set a destination. Once that happens, it makes it almost impossible for the general manager to get anywhere close to value back. But if you have a contract and you've signed a lucrative extension, to me, you might have it in your rights to request a trade. But when you specifically demand a destination, I think that maybe is a step too far. We got more to get to here on the Fan Early Morning Show. Sean Myers, I'm going to talk to you about Penn State football and how 2023, by and large, could be a make or break season for the Nittany Lions as they seem to have a lot of hype for being a playoff contender. A couple of teams still in front of them in the Big Ten that they have to get past. And a little bit later, a date in infamy in Pirates baseball history is July the 4th. Want to let you know that the Wake Up Show is presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84lumber.com. You can apply at 84lumber.com. Sean Myers on the Fan Morning Show. We've got more to get to right here on 93.7 The Fan.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back here on the Fan Early Morning Show. Sean Myers coming to you for another 20 minutes or so before I hand it off to Chris Muller filling in today on the Fan Morning Show on this 4th of July. Happy Independence Day to everyone out there listening, hopefully most people are listening from bed because they don't have to work today, but some of us still are in here working hard. And as we continue here, I mentioned a little bit later, it is a somewhat dubious day in Pirates history, a day that I will always remember a little bit more than 20 years ago. We'll get to that later, but now I want to talk about Penn State football. And I know obviously we talk at this time of year, there's really only baseball going on. There's not basketball, there's not hockey, there's not football, and so we have to generate other things to talk about, and it seems like it's never too early to talk about expectations and outlook for football teams in the NFL, and I think you're starting to see that in college football a little bit as well. Something that that caught my eye and I think caught a lot of people's attention recently is The Athletic came out with uh, one of the many preseason polls that you see for college football, and They listed Penn State as number five on their preseason poll. Now, they are behind two other teams that they're directly competing with in the Big Ten, that being Michigan that came in number three, Ohio State number four. So I can tell you pretty definitively, three, four, and five for those three Big Ten teams, I don't think it's going to work like that at the end of the season, although there is potentially a scenario where all three could be in contention right down to the wire to make the college football playoffs. And remember last year, two of those teams did make the college football playoffs, that being Michigan and Ohio State. A lot of people thought that Michigan would have a real chance to get to the championship game. Penn State was, I think, a couple of notches below those two teams last year, and you saw that in the head-to-head. The Nittany Lions got blown out by Michigan, and it was a game that somehow, someway, Penn State was actually leading at the half, but I think anyone that watched that game realized It was not trending in the right direction for the Nittany Lions, and the second half kind of played out as such. Wolverines really dominated that game. It was a no-doubter at that point. Penn State, for a while, looked like maybe poised to try to pull off a home upset against Ohio State, but some mistakes loomed large, and then the Buckeyes kind of just went off in the fourth quarter to end up winning that one somewhat comfortably. It was a good effort for over three quarters by Penn State, but just really couldn't seriously threaten for most of that fourth quarter. So why is a team that went 11-2 and but lost against their two biggest rivals and really not all that competitive, at least based on how the games ended, why is this team getting so much hype? Why are they a very legitimate playoff contender in many people's eyes? And the answer is that some of their very best players last year were true freshmen. Yes, I think a lot of people realize that they've graduated some key contributors, and Steelers fans know very well that One of the best Dinty lines from a year ago is now going to be in the black and gold this year with Joey Porter Jr., the terrific cornerback who had a great career and certainly had a great 2022 season with the Nittany Lions. So typically when a team loses a player of that caliber and they lost a couple of other fairly high-end guys 
like Jair Brown, the great safety who went to the 49ers. Brenton Strange was a second-round pick at tight end. I think that probably shocked some people. So they they lost uh, some good players. Juice Scruggs, the offensive lineman. You think, just based on that, you know, a mul- multiple second-round NFL draft guys moving on, that they would be certainly taking a step back. But when you looked at the players that they have returning, you could say, all right, this team is going to be really good in 2023. The biggest question is, can they take that last step, and it is a massive one, to get from being a playoff contender, which they have been most years under James Franklin, to an actual playoff participant? Can they make one of those four spots in the NCAA postseason and then keep their hopes alive for a national championship, which would be the first since going back to the 1980s. And I said before, maybe this is a make-or-break year. Well, more specifically, I think it's a make-or-break couple of years for the Nittany Lions because that freshman class, obviously, we know players have to play three years collegiately except for very rare uh, cases before they can move on to the NFL. So they have almost all of those players for 2023, And then for 2024 as well. They've got a couple of guys who are going to be really good NFL players who are likely to declare after this year, Kalen King, a cornerback who many people thought was actually better than Joey Porter Jr. a year ago. Uh, Maybe a few other players. They have a couple of receivers who are some upperclassmen. They've got some linebackers like Curtis Jacobs and some defensive ends, Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac who are really, really good and might move on if they have good seasons to the NFL after this year. But I think the core of the team were the guys who excelled as freshmen last year. And you think of their two great running backs, Katron Allen and, of course, Nicholas Singleton, a Pennsylvania native who was the Gatorade Player of the Year as a high school senior at Governor Mifflin. They have the incredible linebacker, Abdul Carter, who very legitimately looks like a young Micah Parsons. He wears the same number. He's got a similar build. They're both PA guys. He could be a special, special player, and I'm talking top 10 NFL pick if he continues on his trajectory after what he showed in his first year on campus. And a number of other guys. We've seen players contribute along the offensive line as freshmen, and Drew Shelton, that is very rare to see. They have denied Dennis Sutton, who is a really good defensive end, who got some run, some guys in the secondary as well. But it really all starts and ends with quarterback. And this is why I think this upcoming season and the next are make or break for the Penn State Nittany Lions, and in particular for James Franklin, because they got to, by and large, redshirt a player in quarterback Drew Aller last year. He technically did not redshirt, but... It was a year where he did not start a single game. He was not thrust into duty, hardly at all. He got a lot of mop-up time, came in a few times very briefly when Sean Clifford had to exit, I think, back to the season opener against Purdue, and Clifford had cramping issues or had to run to the bathroom, whatever it was. He was out for a couple of series. But Aller really did not get an opportunity, and I guess in many ways, thankfully, did not have to play significant snaps last year. I I think... Ideally, maybe if he would have been able to start and finish a game or two, maybe against the likes of a Rutgers, that probably would have maybe even uh, further benefited his development. But I think they knew coming in, Clifford, if healthy, was going to play every meaningful snap. Aller would have an opportunity to learn under the six-year quarterback and kind of develop his incredible physical tools. He is a five-star recruit, and that is something that had really been missing for Penn State under James Franklin. 
They had Justin Fields committed for a while when he was a three-star recruit, and then he rose and skyrocketed up rankings, ended up obviously not signing with Penn State, went to Georgia, then played against Penn State when he transferred to Ohio State. And they've brought in some other good quarterbacks. Clifford was a good quarterback. I don't think anyone in their right mind would call him a great quarterback. Trace McSorley, maybe you could say at times, was a great college quarterback, but he's not the type of guy that typically leads teams to national championships unless they are, think maybe Alabama of a decade ago, just so much better at every other position that they don't need a prolific gunslinger necessarily. But for Penn State and for the vast majority of teams that want to contend and win a national championship, they need elite quarterback play. And so this is the best opportunity James Franklin has ever had. And so it comes down to what does Drew Aller do? So many people are extremely confident that he is going to have a great couple of seasons and then go on to be a first round pick in the NFL. For me, I'm a little bit more skeptical than most. I, I truthfully think back to Christian Hackenberg and how that was completely disastrous once James Franklin arrived. Although Hackenberg looked good in his one year under Bill O'Brien, Franklin and crew just could not make it work with him. It seemed like they did not know how to use a big pocket passer who had an incredible arm, but wasn't all that mobile. Auer is more athletic than Hackenberg, but he's that same mold of quarterback. He's going to want to sit back in the pocket and use his incredible arm strength and vision and true passing sense as opposed to a guy like McSorley and to a lesser extent Clifford or even think of Tommy Stevens and Will Levis, other guys who have taken a lot of snaps at Penn State. So how will Franklin and the offensive coordinator and coaches develop? Well, Mike Yurchitz certainly has a big responsibility and they need to figure out some way to turn Aller into an elite college quarterback. If they do that, the other pieces are there. They've got great running backs. It should be maybe the best offensive line that they've had in the James Franklin era. The defense, honestly, has been championship caliber, I think, a few times over the past decade or so, but the offense at times just has not been up to par. Manny Diaz is a terrific defensive coordinator. I think maybe even if this is his second and final year at Penn State, he's going to have that unit ready to go. They've got a ton of talent there that's already proven that it can excel at the collegiate level, really at all three levels. Defensive line should be good. Linebackers with Carter leading the way could be outstanding. And the secondary, I think last year you could legitimately argue is the best secondary maybe in all of college football. They've lost some key guys there like Porter and Jair Brown, but they're still going to be really, really good at that position. So to me, it all comes down to quarterback. If you want to take that next step and have a chance to compete with and knock off Michigan or Ohio State. Penn State needs Drew Aller to become an absolute superstar, certainly by 2024, but this year I think you at least have to see plenty of signs that he is close to breaking through. And for the program to continue momentum, I think they need to take another step. Maybe that means another 11-2 and season, but... Ultimately, I think they're going to have to figure out a way to knock off one of Ohio State or Michigan this year. Maybe you make it to uh, a Rose Bowl again, potentially, because I do think that Michigan or Ohio State, one of those teams will make it to the college football playoffs. I don't know if we're going to see two big, Big Ten teams make it once again like we did last year, but Penn State needs to take another step. If not, people are going to say, as they do every single year, Is James Franklin the right guy for the job? This is the most talented roster and the most talented quarterback he has ever had. So can they get to that next level? That will be a big, big question, not just here 
in Pennsylvania, but across college football, because right now they are getting national hype as a team that could be the next one to break through and make an NCAA playoffs. Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show. We'll step aside, come back briefly to touch on a very dubious day in Pirates history as we continue the Fan Early Morning Show right here on 93.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Sean Myers here on the Fan Early Morning Show. Back to put a bow on this one. I had mentioned before that it is a dubious day in Pirates history, July 4th. Uh, A day and a scene that I will always remember, and I'm sure for Pirates fans of a certain age, they will remember as well, maybe in their nightmares Go back to 1999, 24 years ago now, July 4th, and it was the day that it seemed like, for whatever reason, everyone I know was watching the Pirates-Brewers game, and it is well-remembered for the game that Jason Kendall broke his ankle stepping on first base as he tried to beat out a bunt against the Brew Crew. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I don't watch a ton of Pirates games at that point. I grew up a Pirates fan, the Bonilla, Bonds, Van Slyke days, but by about the mid-90s, I became first and foremost a Mariners fan, and the Pirates were very much a secondary team that I followed. So I'd watch games here and there, but not with any regularity. But for whatever reason, I was watching that game and remember vividly seeing that play unfold live, and it was just a gruesome injury. It's often referred to as one of the most gruesome and worst injuries in the history of Major League Baseball. And it's something that around this time, certainly, as we mentioned, it happened on July 4th. Every year, it seems like it is mentioned. And so many people, whether they be people on this station or callers, chime in and and say they were either watching that game live or they were at that game. And for whatever reason, it just seemed like July 4th, 1999, time stopped. And it was something that Much like you hear now people talking about the Immaculate Reception, how they were watching the game, or mostly people who were at the game, which some of them might be fibbing, probably not as many people were at the game as claimed, but something that it seemed like almost every baseball or Pirates fan in town was watching that game that day. And if you were, certainly it is a gruesome image that unfortunately you will probably remember for a long, long time. And when I think July 4th and sports, that is the thought that for me, unfortunately, always comes to mind. Luckily, Kendall was able to come back the next year, had a great, great season, including an all-star berth, and really had a great Major League Baseball career, primarily with the Buccos. So he was able to get past it, but uh, he will always be remembered for that very unfortunate turn of events in 1999. That'll do it here on the Fan Early Morning Show. We're going to have Chris Smaller filling in for the next four-plus hours. We'll take you all the way up through 10 o'clock. But for now, signing off, Sean Meyer saying thank you so much for tuning in. We'll continue with the Fan Morning Show right here on 93.7 The Fan.
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 